0: Colossians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 11. We're just going to read through verse 15, just a short little section. Up to this point, Paul has been focusing on Jesus, that Jesus is to be at the center of everything, that our life is to be Christ centered. He's writing to these new Christians who are in Colossae, and he is encouraging them, he's praying for them, he is reminding them to keep Jesus at the center of everything, that everything is through Jesus and for Jesus and by Jesus, and Jesus has all authority. And that's what we had finished up with in verse 10 last week. So in Colossians chapter 2, we will pick up in verse 11, but before we do, we'll pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for a good night. Even though it's kind of rainy, I pray that you just help us to... uh, enjoy this time here and get home safe and god i pray that you just hide me behind the cross and help me to do a good job with your words and i pray that your word would speak to our hearts dear lord that when we hear it when we read it when we see the words on the page that it would be good for us tonight so i pray that you would just free us of distractions and worries and things of the world god that we may have brought in and help us to give you our undivided attention and i pray that the holy spirit Would work in each of our lives in a a mighty way through these few verses we see tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, with in mind what we just said, that Jesus is the authority that all things are through Jesus. That's what Paul had been talking about in the verses before that we've looked at in the last few weeks. He says in verse 11, You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of the Messiah. Now, this is some strange language that we see uh, on a few occasions in the New Testament. This language about circumcision. He says, uh, you were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done by hands. Now, In the Old Testament, back in Genesis, when God made the promise to Abraham and said, look, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your descendants, he told Abraham, I'm I'm telling you something to do as a sign. You are to be circumcised and all of the males that come after you are to be circumcised. And God said, this will be the sign of the promise that I'm giving you. Now, I wonder uh, what that conversation was like between uh, Abraham and between God. I I wonder if Abraham said... Wait a minute, what's the sign? You, you gave Noah a rainbow and you want me to do what? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, a, this is a pretty intense sign. And so. Uh, but this is what he called Abraham to do. Now, why God called Abraham to do that, I'm not really sure. Most certainly, the, the act of circumcision was a symbolic act. Perhaps the fact that it was a, a bloody and gross thing that had to be done, a shedding of, of the flesh, so to speak, it was symbolic of what our sin is like. It's a it's a sinful and nasty and dirty thing. And the Bible in the New Testament a lot a lot of times speaks of the flesh as is, is is a sinful thing. The flesh or the world is looked at as sinful. And perhaps that cutting off of that flesh and circumcision was symbolic of something that was to come. Our sin that would have to be removed. That we would have to uh, 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 leave the things of the flesh and and be made new in Jesus Christ. And Paul says here, you are also circumcised in him, that is Jesus, with a circumcision not done with hands. So he's he's using this circumcision language in a symbolic way. he's, he's, He's referring the hearer here back to something that we saw in the Old Testament that we just talked about with Abraham. Now what God really desired of his people was he desired that their hearts would be circumcised. That's what God really wants, is a change of heart. It's not about the the physical body circumcision. That does us no good, and we see that in the New Testament, uh, in particular when it comes to uh, the Jewish people or the people of Israel when it talks about circumcision. Uh, Any good Jew child of God that you would have saw in Jesus' day and in Paul's day, they would have certainly been circumcised in the flesh, but oftentimes their hearts were not circumcised. They had the physical sign, but that's not what God cares about is what can be seen. He cares about what's on the inside. He wants an inward change, not an outward change. Now, we see a few different scriptures that talk about that in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians Uh, Chapter 7, verse 19 says, Circumcision, that is circumcision in in the flesh, does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter. But keeping God's commands does. So even though this was a sign that God had given to Abraham, when Jesus came, and even in the Old Testament, what God really desired was the heart of the people. Of course, that was a command that uh, Abraham and his descendants were to keep because it was a command of God. But even still, that was not God's main concern. It's not that God looked down and said, well, man, you did some really evil, sinful stuff, but I see that you've been circumcised, so therefore all is good. No, that's not what God looked at, and that's not what God looks at today. Now, we may not uh, think of circumcision in that way, but we can... We can look at any outward appearance that we put that we may think, man, I look good before other people or I look good before God because of this thing that I have done or this thing that I have not done. Well, we may look good before other people, but God looks right past those acts uh, if we were doing them for ourselves and he looks straight to the heart. And so it's not about circumcised or uncircumcised. It's about following God's commands. What are God's commands? That we love God, that we love other people. Those are God's commands. We see that uh, on several occasions in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. Galatians chapter 6 verse 15 says, For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. Again, the, the point is being pounded home here. It doesn't matter about the physical if your heart is not right. You see, the problem in Paul's day and maybe in our day too is we may get carried away with what we can do that looks good to other people or what we think looks good to God. But we don't impress God by what looks good, by what can be seen because God doesn't look for the visible. He looks for the invisible. That is, we can't see it, but he can see it. I can't see your heart and you can't see my heart. But God can see our heart, and that's what God (coughs) looks for. It doesn't matter if it's circumcision or uncircumcision. And many of the religious people of Jesus' day and Paul's day, they were worried about the physical. They were worried about the letter of the law, but they missed the heart of the law. They They were probably quick to say, oh, yeah, well, I'm a Jew, and I've been circumcised, and I say long prayers, and I do all of these things. But those things didn't matter. And that's what Paul is saying. Look. Don't be dependent on your bloodline and your circumcision to bring you salvation. Because if you don't follow Jesus Christ, there is no salvation. You can be circumcised all day. Paul said if circumcision is good, he said go ahead and cut the whole thing off is what he told him. Now that's some pretty serious language. Paul said it ain't about what you cut off. It's about where your heart is. What you need to be cutting off is not in the flesh but in your sinful nature. You need to be cutting off the sinful things. And so Paul says here in Galatians chapter 6, for both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters is a new creation. Now, when the physical skin is gone, when the physical flesh is gone, we're not a new creation. But when we are in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation in him. The old is gone, and the new has come in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. And so we may say, well, what about all the circumcision and uncircumcision? Well, let's not get too caught up in that because there are plenty of other outward, physical, visible signs that we may be guilty of apart from circumcision that we try to impress other people and try to impress God with, but those things are not the things that matters. Even in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 10 Verse 16, it says, Therefore, circumcise your hearts and don't be stiff-necked any longer. So even in the Old Testament, when the circumcision command was in place and practiced by the people of God, even then, that was not God's main concern we see that here in this passage. He said, circumcise your hearts because you're being stiff-necked, you're being stubborn, you're being sinful, you're not listening to me, you're not following my commands. Therefore, change your heart. Cut off what's bad, what's unneeded in your heart, and get rid of it. And so we see plenty of passages, if that's something you want to study and learn more about, both in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, about circumcision but I think that most of the ones, and I could be wrong, I, I, I should have went back and looked at all of them, I guess, but, uh, but, but off the top of my head, I think that most of the time when this is being discussed, it's, it's being discussed in don't get carried away into things of the flesh or realize that it's pointing to something better in Jesus Christ. And that's what we see here in verse 11. You are also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done by hands that is the the taking away of the old that was that was not to be the things of the flesh in a spiritual sense through Jesus Christ we have been made that new creation our heart has been changed as we saw in Deuteronomy that's what God wanted and that's what Jesus Christ has accomplished uh, for us on our behalf all right verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, you are also raised with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, when, when we accept Jesus Christ, when we are baptized in Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ was buried in the grave and he was resurrected and overcome death by God's power we also share with him in that. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we are baptized in Jesus Christ, we are buried with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ received the victory, when we are baptized in Jesus Christ, we also receive the victory. And so we see this language of things that we see throughout the scripture, the circumcision and the baptism and things like that. And these are all this is all symbolic language pointing us to something uh, that was that was always fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The circumcision that God wants—it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The baptism and the burial and the resurrection and the conquering of the death—that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All of these things that we do as Christians and talk about as Christians, the things that we see in the Old Testament and even the New Testament before Jesus, were pointing toward Jesus. Everything centers on Jesus. Jesus is at the center of everything, and all of this language is symbolic of Jesus and what Jesus has already accomplished. In the Old Testament, it was about the Messiah and what he would accomplish, but in the New Testament, it's about what he has accomplished. And so we see often... These New Testament writers tell us, okay, this thing that was talked about, this verse that was talked about, here's how Jesus fulfilled it. This other verse that was talked about, here's how Jesus fulfilled it. This thing you used to do, it was symbolic of something that Jesus fulfilled. This other thing that you used to do, it was symbolic of something that Jesus has fulfilled. So everything that we see in Scripture, it all points to Jesus. It all hinged on Jesus, his death and his Resurrection, And so when we put our faith in Jesus, we share in the victory of Jesus. We are not victorious because of what we do, but we are victorious because of what Jesus has done if we put our faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. All right, verse 13. And when you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. Now, we were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Well, that's where we were. And if you hadn't put your faith in Jesus Christ tonight, that's where you still are. You are still dead in your trespasses because life comes only in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I come to give you life in abundance. And so when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are transferred from death and our trespasses to eternal life in Jesus Christ. We are no longer uh, uh, living in our sins. And he says in verse 14, he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations. Now, certificate of debt. We probably have all had some certificates of debt, and some of us probably still do. Just today, I went through the bank, and I have a book full of certificates of debt for my truck note, and I ripped one of those certificates of debt, and thankfully, I had the money to give to them to pay part of that certificate of debt. And Paul says, look, we have a certificate of debt. What is, what is our certificate of debt and where did it come from? Well, it comes from our sin. Our sin calls for our life. The wages of sin is death. And so when you sin, you have a certificate of debt. Now, thankfully, I had the money to pay mine today, but when it comes to our sin, that's one debt that you ain't got the money to pay. You can't work it off. For the rest of your life, you will never work it off. It don't matter if you live to be a 1,000 years old. You can be older than Methuselah, but that's one debt that you will never be able to pay. We had a certificate of debt because of our sins with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us. But it says, uh, and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. So the debt that we couldn't pay, Jesus took it out of the way. It was nailed to the cross on our behalf. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, it was Jesus saying, okay, I see your debt. I see what you're going to do. I see your sin. But every time that nail is drove in, it's us nailing all our debts. And just think about all the debts. Just think about all the sin, if they were all written on an individual certificate. Just think of how many of them would be nailed to the cross. I mean, it would take it would take all of Amit County, all of Mississippi, probably all the US to, to take my certificates of debt. And every time that we think about our certificate of debt, we need to remember this verse. When we sin, we need to say, you know what, God? I have sinned, and I have done wrong, and I repent. And when we do, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that that sin has been nailed to the cross, that our certificate of debt has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we all have a certificate of debt, and maybe some of you are holding on to some of those certificates, to some of those sins. Maybe you're having a hard time letting them go. Well, maybe you need to listen to this verse tonight and you need to let it go and you need to say, God, I know it's already been nailed to the cross in Jesus Christ and I repent and leave it there because it's already been paid for. You see, sometimes I think we're so foolish that we try to pay some of our own debts Even when we know that Jesus died on the cross for us, we sin and we think, okay, I've sinned. I better be really good for the next week or two to kind of make it up so God won't be angry with me. No, that's not how it works. We give our sin to God and that's the end of it. Yeah, we do good hopefully after that because that's what God wants us to do. We won't want to keep giving into sin, but we can't say, all right, let me be good for a week or two and then I'm going to give my sin to the Lord. Then I'm going to give my certificate of debt. No, you start by giving up your sin and your certificate of debt and letting God take care of it because Jesus has already paid it and there's nothing else we can do. So don't try to earn God's favor by being a better Christian. You earn God's favor by repenting and turning to Jesus Christ and saying, God, I come boldly before your throne of grace, not because I deserve it, but because Jesus Christ died for me and I pray that you forgive me and I give my sin to you. And that's it. That's what we do as Christians. That's what we should do at least and hopefully we do. It may not always be that easy though. Verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. And so everything, again, it hinged on Jesus and what Jesus would do. How would he live his life? Would he give his life at the end of it? And he did. He lived his life perfect. He was always obedient to God, perfectly obedient to God's every command. He willingly gave his life as a gift. He was crucified for us. All those who came against him, all the rulers and authorities, all those who hated Jesus, they thought they were defeating Jesus. They thought they were overcoming Jesus. They thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to get rid of their problem, but they didn't. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. They thought they were getting rid of Jesus, but Jesus proved to be victorious. And all that they could do to Jesus, even nailing to a cross and placing him in a tomb, was not enough. Jesus was victorious. Jesus is the ultimate authority, and that authority will reign for all of eternity. He will not... Be ruled over by anyone. He now triumphs over all. He triumphed over the devil. He triumphed over those who led him to the cross. And he triumphs over our sins and he triumphs over our enemies. And when we put our faith in him, we share in that triumph. And I hope that all of our faith is in Jesus Christ tonight. Let's pray. We come to you, God, and we thank you for your good word. And I pray that you would just help us to. To seek you and to trust you, dear Lord. And if there are things in our heart, things of our flesh that shouldn't be there, dear Lord, I pray that you just would would take them away. That we'd give them to you, dear Lord, and that we would uh, just repent and we would trust in you. And I pray God that you would just help our hearts to be where you want them to be. That's what you care about, God—not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. We do a good job of faking people out on the outside, but God, we don't want to be fakers. We want to be. We want to be yours and obedient to you. So I pray, God, that you would help us to do so. God, I pray that whatever sin we have, as bad as it may be and as ashamed of it as we may be, God, that we just would give it to you. We don't give it to you because we deserve forgiveness, because we certainly don't. But we give it to you, God, because you want to take it from us, because you gave your son to die on a cross for us. And so, God, I pray that we would just give you our certificates of debt and God, that we would find joy in the fact of knowing that they have been nailed to the cross. And I pray that we would leave them there, dear Lord, that you help us to repent and that you help us to not fall into those temptations and sins again and uh, grow in you, dear Lord. And I just thank you that we can come tonight. I thank you for the freedom we have to come here. And I pray that you give us a good service for what's remaining. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.